0: All right, I say A, hey, and you say. <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, so for those that don't know me, uh, my name is Tambi. I'm a sophomore at Sungmyung Women's University, but I serve as a student leader at Yonsei, and it's an honor to testify of God's goodness to you all today. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help from his temple. He heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Psalms 18:6 and then verse 16 to 19. All right. Okay. So ever since I can remember, uh, my family was financially unstable, and part of that reason was because my. Okay. Part of that reason was because my dad was an alcoholic, and he couldn't provide for us. And after his addiction became serious, um, it just got really unstable. He never hurt us, but verbally and emotionally, um, my dad was the biggest threat in my life. I wasn't able to do things because my family had no money, and I pretended to be fine, but I lived two different lives at home and at school and church and tried to hide what was really going on with me. I didn't feel safe, comfortable, or Free to share my personal problems with people at church. I grew up in a very conservative church, and God only seemed real during retreats and revival services. In the back of my mind, I've always wondered if meeting God was only for certain occasions. I always felt this emptiness in my heart, and I felt like God, I knew God but not personally. So I felt this emptiness, and I felt like God, um, I felt like I lacked intimacy with God and with my church. My church friends felt more like school friends, and while uh, everyone was holy during retreats and sometimes on Sundays, there were bondages, um, strongholds, and they believed in lies. And I also was in bondage to the lies of my enemy, and the devil made me fear people, my family, myself, and ultimately God. When my family was deported to Korea, I felt so betrayed by God. Um, Couldn't he have handled my life better? I blamed God and hated him, and I was so angry. So for four years, I avoided God by not going to church. Um, This was when my life started to fall apart. Uh, My best friends ignored me. My parents divorced. My family filed for bankruptcy. And then my dad passes away with cancer. I thought my life hit rock bottom. But the thing was, yes, I did fear living, but I feared dying more. I felt so ashamed of myself holding a knife against my wrist, but not being able to do anything beyond that. It's by God's grace that I didn't do anything, but back then, I felt like a coward. Um, The devil called me names, and more than living out the identities in Christ, I was meditating on the deadly words of the devil. Um, He called me weak, lacking, fatherless, unloved, unwanted, cowardly, insecure. But Pastor Aaron gave this analogy where she explained that God is the driver of your car. When you try to steer your own wheel, you'll be out of control. But when you let him take over the driver's seat, you'll be the passenger of the most amazing ride. I drove my own car, own car, and I was unstable, moving from lane to lane. Then the car crashed and it broke into zillion pieces. And all alone I took I looked at the broken car and reflected on my life. It was impossible for me to pick the pieces up on my own. So feeling hopeless, I prayed to God for the first time in four years. Help me, God. And like that, God heard me, and he met me again. He took me aside to a safe corner, picked up all my broken pieces of my car, and started putting them again, together again. When the car was one piece, he drove me, but this time I was sitting next to the driver's seat. I wouldn't have been able to feel God's uh, such strong saving power if my situation wasn't so extreme. But God doesn't put you in the fire just to say, I told you so, because God's not mean. (laughs) He (laughs) He presents you with a difficult situation, knowing that you can endure, and to reveal himself more deeply and more intimately to you. Then he drove and took me to my first stop, which was Emmaus Campus Ministry. Okay, I came with no expectations, but little did I know that this place was going to be my community, um, a place of healing, a place of being loved, a place to learn how to forgive, and a place of truly growing deeper and intimate with God and his people. It was a journey, but I don't regret a single bit of choosing to walk into the doors of this ministry. From time to time, I had to check with God whether or not he knew where he was going, especially when Cairo's retreat sign-ups began, which was last semester, two semesters ago. Um, I found myself putting in the 10000 won deposit. What was I thinking? To me, retreats were um, places where everything gets exposed. But more than fear, excitement was stirring up inside of my heart. The word Kairos means appointed time. And I was scared of being disappointed if it wasn't going to be my time. Um, But God personally took me in his hands and said, let me show you, Tambi. You won't be disappointed. So no one forced me, but I paid the leftover of the retreat on my own because I was desperate not to be disappointed. Um, My past retreat experiences made me forget and underestimate what God can do during retreats. This was such a religious mindset I had um, because just like services, retreats are a time we set aside Uh, Just for God, knowing in faith that he'll do something very powerful. For me, every large group in Emmaus is a retreat night. But you can't deny the extra special things that he does during retreats. I made that one decision to let God show himself to me at the retreat, and my life was drastically transformed. At the retreat, three major things happened. I was set free of insomnia. Uh, I was slain by the Holy Spirit for the very first time in my life. And I received the gift of tongues. Yes. Um, (laughs) um, I've been living in insecurities and fear after coming to Korea. So I always feared tomorrow. Um, I couldn't sleep from worrying about money, how my family was going to survive. I had suicidal thoughts that led to suicidal dreams. Um, And, yeah, just nightmares after nightmares. But when Pastor Joseph Sevier, which is a preacher um, from Kairos, he prayed for me, I didn't think that I was healed of insomnia immediately. Um, I thought I was just tired, so I was able to sleep well that night. But the night after that, and now a year and a half later, I still sleep like a baby. Um, My insecurities uh, were broken away, and I've experienced indescribable freedom that night. Uh, They say quiet people are the ones that manifest the loudest. And I was the quiet one, and that was me. (laughs) Um, I think God, knowing that the devil had stolen my joy in all my teenage years, wanted me to experience uncontrollable joy. So I laughed, cried, laughed, and laughed again that night. Emmaus was a ministry that God used to bring me back to him. Uh, The Cairo's retreat was another divine timing God used to tell me there's so much more. With the life I have now, God is saying, it's not over. Expect more of me and from me. It's a really scary thought letting the steering wheel go because it seems like you are going the right way. But I'll say it very clearly. When you're doing it all alone without God, you're never going the right way. It's only when you just decide to rely on God and let yourself and every bit of your life over to God, that's when you'll experience the best ride of your life. So my advice to you guys today is let go and let God steer your wheel. Thank you.